there, fellow Sojourners, and welcome back to another edition of Appropriate in the Culture. On today's episode, John Oliver takes on homeschooling, and we take on John Oliver. I'm Pastor Shane, I'll be schooling someone today as we appropriate some culture. So recently, British-British man John Oliver on his show dedicated his monologue to the pressing issue of homeschooling, and it went like this. And you may have heard a stereotype of homeschoolers being Christian conservatives who object to what kids learn in public school environments. And I admit, those people do exist. Take this man who offers this pretty shaky rationalisation for pulling his kid out of school. I think the type of content on what they're teaching about sex or anal sex that my third grade daughter should not be in a classroom where a teacher or someone else is teaching her about that. And that was your experience in school? I threw, threw friends in other spots that had been kids at those ages, because mine was only in first grade when we pulled them. Well, that sounds like total bullshit. Although I guess I do basically agree with him there. Things that are definitely not happening should continue not to happen. But the truth is, the homeschooling community is much broader than just right-wing parents afraid of hypothetical third-grade lube demonstrations. Now, I don't know if there's a particular lubing demonstration. John would be the expert on that. But there is unquestionably an agenda to indoctrinate children into the LGBTQ movement starting at a very young age. Hi there. My name's Katie, and I am a non-binary teacher. This isn't what I'd normally wear to teach, but we're closed down today for cleaning. Thanks, COVID. But anyway... I wanted to show you guys a little something and tell you about a project that I'm doing. So follow me. This is my classroom. I'm pretty fond of it. It's looking a little spare right now. But we're in a bit of a transition as far as holidays go. And this is my classroom library. And as you can see, it has a lot of books. But there's one big problem with it. None of them look or act or feel like me. So you can help by going to the link in my profile and donating to my Donors Choose project to get more LGBTQ plus friendly books in our school from kindergarten all the way to eighth grade. Thanks. Kindergarten through eighth grade, because it's very important that young children are exposed to every deviant sexual expression under the rainbow flag. And the examples of this are endless. Over and over again, we see images of schools all across the country boldly displaying a flag in support of lifestyles that are antithetical to Christianity, including in elementary schools. An elementary school at Lafayette notified people that they won't celebrate Halloween because not everyone celebrates Halloween. Oh, but they will celebrate LGBT history. History Month, where each day in October a new LGBT icon is featured with video, bio, bibliography, downloadable images, and other resources. Some of those other resources being things like shameful, base, and degrading. All seven members of the committee were also asked to um, look at this image. This was in the book and they all unanimously said that this and along with that 15 page okay this is in children's libraries here in hillsborough county approved by that committee unanimously at plant heights in multiple schools 
there's 10 images of that woman's naked breast in that book. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker. And then we can discuss, you can discuss the process by which these books get on the shelves. Because there's a Clay County employee that got paid to put this book, Lucky, by Alice Sabol. I'm going to read things. If there's children watching, cover their ears. He began to need I'm going to stop you right there, sir. I'm going to stop you right there. Turn the microphone off. Turn off his microphone, please. I've told you I'm stopping you. The reason I'm stopping you is because these meetings are, if you'll hush your mouth for a minute and listen, instead of just talking, you may learn something. Well, the problem is, sir, is these meetings are broadcast. He palmed my breast, his thumb flicking over my nipple. I cried out. He buried himself in me with a mighty stroke. He pulled out a few times, the muscles of his back flexing beneath my hands, and then he slammed back into me again and again. And when that lightning once more filled my veins, my head, when I gasped out his name, his own release found him. He plunged his face between my legs, driving into me with tongue and teeth and fingers until I begged him to stop. No, it was a growl. Give me your cream. I had no choice. He made me come. But then I pleaded for more. Fuck me. He smiled. Say it again. Louder. When I did in a single strong move, he slid one arm under me, flipped me over onto my stomach, tugged me to the foot of the bed. Suddenly, he was inside me in one gigantic shudder. It was all released right there in me. That right there is found in Plano ISD school libraries. I wonder if you're uncomfortable why you allow this smut to be in Plano libraries accessible to children. Because anyone who thinks that this disgusting garbage has a place in our school libraries, quite frankly, shouldn't be within 500 feet of any school. So it seems pretty reasonable for religious people to pull their kids out of schools that openly and incessantly promote an ideology that is contrary to their religion, and that is definitely happening. But John graciously tells us that we can still teach our kids our views with certain limitations. Look, it is absolutely a parent's right to educate their child with religion if they so choose, but the quality of some of these books can be troubling. For instance, one current Abeka history book says that the beginning of the 20th century witnessed a cultural breakdown that threatened to destroy the very roots of Western civilization. The cause of this dissolution was an idea or philosophy known as liberalism. <laughs> Meanwhile, a workbook from ACE celebrates the Confederate General Robert E. Lee as a devoted Christian who practiced his Christianity in all his dealings with others. And a science book from Bob Jones University claims that biblical and scientific evidence tends to support the idea that men and dinosaurs existed at the same time. Yeah. And? So liberalism hasn't been deleterious to Western civilization from a Christian perspective? And yes, Robert E. Lee was a devoted Christian, though it is perhaps an overstatement to suggest he practiced his Christianity in all his dealings with others. Nobody but Christ does that. But that's still less of an overstatement than the public school notion that Lee is a mustache-twirling villain whose statues must be torn down and melted, which is what your illiterate side does, John. Never mind the fact that Lee called slavery immoral and political evil and was in favor of gradual emancipation. Never mind the fact that he was never in favor of secession. Never mind the fact that he personally helped slaves get to freedom to Liberia. Lee wasn't a perfect man, maybe he wasn't even a great man, but he freed more slaves than you have, John. 
See, actual history is difficult, and people in history are complex and nuanced, but public schools are not remotely teaching actual history. As to the dinosaurs, I understand the concern there. The last thing we would want is to teach unscientific things like men can get pregnant and some women have penises. Oh wait, that's public school. Here's the super scientific notion that you can be born in the wrong body being promoted in curriculum for fourth graders. Aww. Hi, baby. Are you a boy or a girl? Funny you should ask, Sid. One of the first things they check when a new baby is born is what kind of body parts they have. They do that to determine a baby's sex. Most of the time, it's easy to determine, and sometimes it's more complicated. This one has a penis. It's a boy! This one has a vulva. It's a girl! Congratulations! Whoa! Let's hit the brakes, people. The way your body looks on the outside is only part of the story. Huh? What? <sighs> Stay with me, gang. This is important. Hi, little one. Your sex refers to your physical body parts, remember? But there is also something called gender, which is how you feel inside your body and who you know yourself to be. And your gender, how you feel on the inside, doesn't always match the sex you were called when you were born. Okay. Let's say you were born with a penis and you feel like a boy inside. In that case, your sex and your gender match. But what if you were born with a penis and you know you're a girl inside? not a boy, then your sex and your gender don't match. Science! And that's not just being taught, but actively promoted to troubled students in public schools behind parents' backs. Hi, for those that don't know me, my name is Aurora Regino, and I am the mother that filed a lawsuit in federal court against Chico Unified for transitioning my daughter without my knowledge. I'm here today to tell my story so parents and the public know what is going on in our schools. Last year, my 11-year-old daughter was in elementary school here at Chico Unified, and her elementary school transitioned her from female to male behind my back. Shortly before this happened, my father had recently passed away, and I was diagnosed with breast cancer. My daughter was distressed and began questioning her sexuality, so she decided to reach out to a wellness counselor at her elementary school. The day my daughter shared her guidance shared with her guidance counselor that she felt like a boy, the counselor immediately affirmed this new identity. From then on, the counselor continued to have one-on-one -on -one meetings with my daughter without my knowledge. During one of those one-on-one -on -one meetings, my daughter told the counselor she wanted to tell me about her new identity. The counselor ignored her requests and did nothing to support her in letting me know what was going on at school. Throughout her transition, my daughter changed very quickly, was bullied, and as a result, was very unhappy. And because her school kept this transition a secret from me, she was on her own. I'm a busy working mother, just like the rest of you. Before this happened to our family, I would have not believed this was going on in our schools, especially at the elementary level. She sued the school district and won big time. But to the broader question about proper education, unfortunately, there's no way to compare and contrast the quality of education between public school and homeschool. It's not as if we have some sort of test that, you know, is standardized. Oh, wait, we do. And guess what? Homeschool students consistently and notably perform better on standardized tests than their public school counterparts. According to the National Home Education Research Institute, the home educated typically score 15 to 25 percentile points above public school students on standardized tests. And 78% of peer-reviewed studies on academic achievement show homeschool students perform statistically significantly better than those in institutional schools. 
Let's check in on the state of public education. Do you know when the U.S. was founded? No. Take a guess, around when? Probably like, I don't know, like 1901? Yes, very good. It is? It was close, around there, but I'll give it to you. Who fought in the Civil War? I don't know. Do you know how many continents there are? No. How many states make up the United States? How many states make... Dude! I know this. You know this. I, I do. That's crazy. I don't want to do this in a... Say a number, say a number. I don't know. No, you, you do me, know this. You, me, you, you do know this. Wrong time. You know how many states make up the United States? 50. You know what the capital is? Of... United States? Harrisburg? Oh, is there a capital in the U.S.? Who fought in the Civil War? In the Civil War? Wasn't it... What's his name? Kennedy? Kennedy? Yeah, Kennedy against who? Um... I don't know. How long is one decade? One decade. No idea. Do you know who the president was before Trump? What country is Mount Rushmore in? Mount Rushmore? Yeah. Japan? Bunch of homeschooled rubes, I'm sure. But John Oliver's not done yet. Homeschool is even more sinister. We are so deeply invested into making sure that that child becomes a wonderful Nazi. And National by sorry. homeschooling, yeah. we're going to get that done. Well, that is terrifying. You never want to hear a mother lovingly utter the sentence, my kid's a wonderful Nazi, outside of maybe if they're praising their son's performance as Rolf in The Sound of Music. And even then, just say wonderful Rolf, what's wrong with you? That woman and her husband actually launched their own online community, Dissident Homeschool, in 2021, after she had a, quote, rough time finding Nazi-approved school material for her homeschool children. And you know what? Good! Now, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I think Nazis are bad. But as evil of a regime as it was, I'm pretty sure the Hitler Youth could rightly answer how many years are in a decade. That's how bad American public school education is. You would have a better education as a Nazi. Now, of course, supporting a party that desires the eradication of Jews has no place in homeschooling. It belongs at our most prestigious universities. I think it's important that we make our voices heard, and also for people over there to know that they're not hidden. The rise in anti-Semitism on our campus has been abhorrent. There were students who were attacked for speaking Hebrew and for hanging up signs denouncing Hamas. There are people over there who are cheering with Palestinian flags after women were raped and stripped and then taken their dead corpses paraded through the streets of Gaza. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, which is a call of extermination. I'm sure they're all homeschooled. Or perhaps the percentage of homeschoolers who support Nazis is quite a bit lower than the public schooled educated students who support Hamas. But John Oliver's got one more arrow in his quiver. And the lack of regulation here has serious consequences, and not just regarding quality of education. And fair warning, this is where this story gets quite a bit darker. 
More than 2 million children are being homeschooled in the U.S., many of them living in states that have little or no regulations, making it easy for abusive parents to hide behind the system. These are the faces of just some of the homeschooled children who've died as a result of abuse and neglect. Susanna Grubbs was homeschooled in Missouri. She tells us the discipline she received was anything but gentle. I think that in a lot of ways, me and my siblings totally fell through the cracks because, I mean, with my mom's disciplinary techniques and my mom's educational neglect, it's really terrible that it, it has happened and it keeps happening and nobody wants to stop it because parental rights are so paramount to anything else in this country. Okay, there are certainly dangers from abusive parents, but this is looking at the speck and ignoring the plank in your own eye. The Department of Education put out this recent report on safety and crime in public schools. Quote, Data from the National Crime Victimization Survey provided insights on non-fatal criminal victimization experienced by students ages 12 through 18, according to students' own reports. Non-fatal criminal victimization includes theft and violent victimization, the latter of which includes rape, sexual assault, robbery, aggravated assault, and simple assault. In 2020, students ages 12 to 18 experienced 285,400 victimizations at school. According to data from the School Crime Supplement, during the school year in 2019, about 22% of students ages 12 to 18 reported being bullied at school. 15% of public schools reported that bullying occurred among students at least once a week, and 16% reported that cyberbullying occurred among students at least once a week. Student disrespect and verbal abuse of teachers were also relatively common. 10% of public schools reported student verbal abuse of teachers, and 15% reported acts of student disrespect for teachers other than verbal abuse. In addition, 4% of public schools reported widespread disorder in the classroom during the 2019-2020 school year. Some 77% of public schools recorded that one or more incidents of crime had taken place, amounting to 1.4 million incidents, or a rate of 20 29 incidents per 1,000 students enrolled. During the same school year, 47% of schools reported one or more incidents of crime to sworn law enforcement, amounting to 482,400 incidents, or a rate of 10 incidents per 1,000 students enrolled. In 2019, about 22% of students in grades 9 through 12 reported using marijuana at least one time during the previous 30 days. The percentage of students who reported that someone had offered, sold, or given them an illegal drug on school property in the previous 12 months was also 22% in 2019. Again, let's check in on the state of public education. Pulling the student to the floor, pummeling it with repeated blows to the head. With four counts of child endangerment after this video came to light. You can see these are 12 and 13 year olds at Kimbrough Middle School in Mesquite, Texas, whose faces have been blurred because their minors appear to be fighting each other at the encouragement of their substitute teacher. For non-criminals, the most likely time you will ever be physically assaulted in your entire life is at a public school.
No surprise that again, according to the Department of Education, in 2019, about 5% of students ages 12 to 18 reported that they had been afraid of attack or harm at school during the school year, which was higher than the percentage of students who reported that they had been afraid of attack or harm away from school. You have drugs, you have school shootings, you have assaults and harassment, and the students themselves are telling you, John, according to the Department of Education, that they are more afraid of being harmed at school than away from school. And when it comes to sexual offenses, it's even worse. Again, quote, The rate of reported forcible sex offenses on campus increased from 1.7 incidences per 10,000 students in 2009 to 8.0 incidents per 10,000 students in 2019. Forcible sex offenses constituted 43% of all criminal incidences reported on campus in 2019. And according to NBC News, a study found that one in 10 students encounters sex abuse. Whatever abuse might occur among some homeschoolers, it is nothing compared to the rate of assault and sexual abuse in public schools. In just 2022 alone, there were 349 public educators arrested on child sex-related crimes. But thank God they're mandatory reporters. By every single statistical measure, homeschooled kids are consistently safer, healthier, and better educated. So if we're concerned about the education of our children, maybe we should focus on better regulating and reforming the one that is currently failing 50 million students. Just a thought. Well, that's it for today. If you like what we're doing here, like, subscribe, share, review, leave a comment. Especially if you give a thumbs down, don't be a coward. Give me a piece of your mind. And my new book, Six Rounds for the Witching Hours, off to the printers and available to purchase this week. Join my author's Facebook page for more details because if we sell 100 units within the first few weeks of release, I have pledged to watch and review 80 for Brady. The true story of friends who have squandered their lives and go to watch public school educated Tom Brady play in a Super Bowl. And I'll see you next time for more Appropriate in the Culture.